We would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we have gone, we have designed the most amazing tool in the universe. Yes, it has a flux capacitor. We have gone back in time. We have plucked Scott out of the time stream, and Scott has returned. That's right. The show has just leveled up because Scott is back. That's right. You know, yay, Scott Silver. What year is it? Yeah. You know, I was going to say from Scott's perspective, he just recorded an episode yesterday. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, uh, Alton, uh, unfortunately, is not with us today, but that's okay. We've got Scott here. Um, we have talked about this many times before that uh, we needed to talk more about stars when Scott came back because Scott has a much different opinion than we do so uh you know scott since we plucked him out of the time stream we'll get his two bits and uh in, insight on things uh, Star Wars, good <laughs> <laughs> we may have gone a little too far back no just kidding um so <laughs> with that said where do we begin what is the ultimate question that all of you want to know about Star Wars from Scott's perspective, that doesn't sound like he is just destroying the universe. I don't know. And about... I have just set up the world's worst question. No, it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Actually, I have. So I have not had the joy of being on a show with Scott for a very long time. In fact, yeah, in fact I think. A little while. I think you and I did a I show together in December. The last time we discussed, we had a show. Um, I believe it was when we discussed the first half. Of the Mandalorian series, uh, yeah. we which I think was back in half December. the season. Uh, and did we? Did you guys actually get together and review no. the second half? No, we, we never did. I keep thinking we ought to do that. And, and you know what? Before second season drops, we will. Oh, okay. Well, hey, I was about we to can say. do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's been a while since I've had a chance to be on the show with Scott. Scott, welcome back. You've been you've been sorely missed. We love Alton. We love Alton. I, Nothing wrong with that. But oh, I love we do Alton. Miss our Scott. I love Alton. Uh, I, I love you guys. Um, and for those uh, dungeon crawlers who want to know a little bit of the behind the scenes, uh, typically they'll uh, dungeon crawlers is uh, the easiest time for everyone to record is late at night. Um, but I, as a, I, I'm a teacher uh, at high school. Ironically, this is my uh, this is my dream profession is to teach uh, film in high school. And so I got to uh, retire from or from actually working in film to teach in high school. I'm really excited about that. But at the same time, that means I get up every morning at 4 a.m. And so I can't join your guys's, you know, action after hours, dungeon crawling style. Like I can't. Uh, it's hard for me to to be able to to stay up and, and to be able to participate. So I miss you guys. I really do. Um, and every morning I get up and I'm just like, all right, well, I can talk now. And for some reason, nobody's available at 3:30 in the morning. I can't understand sleeping. why. I but know, I right? miss you guys, and and I really miss being on the show. Um, but I'm looking well, forward we... to because it's summer now. It's summer, so I'm looking forward. I'm glad I'm here. So you know, if we recorded our show at three thirty, it would sound like an NPR, like <laughs> it would sound like an NPR talk show. It'd be like, and now we are here with Scott Silver, Thank and we're going to discuss good. the points of Star Wars uh, because we'd have to be quiet because we got kids, y'all. But but well, Scott's back because today we're doing an afternoon show and Scott's here and I love it. And and the reason I bring this up, the reason I bring up um, how much we've missed Scott is because we've had several episodes where we have explored uh, our love, our our um, the things that we that, that we love about the new Star Wars or about Star Wars, Star Wars in general, the things that we disdain somewhere in the series. Uh, and Scott has not had the opportunity to chime in on this. And I know that 
we are of differing opinions in certain areas. There are some things we agree upon, mm-hmm. uh, but there are some things where we are obviously disparate. Uh, for Maybe example, should, yes, should we talk about some of the things that uh, you guys are very much at uh, conflict with? Because I'm interested to hear uh, about about your guys's uh, disagreements. Oh no, no, no! We all agree with each other. We just disagree oh. with you. Oh no! I'm oh, joking. No. Oh no! <laughs> No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Um, we, we, I think Dan and I line up fairly well. Alton yeah. is a little bit of a dissenter on our opinions, just a little bit in, well, in certain I mean, areas. And, and to be fair, Al- Alton's much younger than the three of us. And That's truth. he came, his childhood was very limited on what he could and couldn't see. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're into, he didn't get into till later or, or didn't even know of like, the movie Kroll or Willow, he has never seen. Um, or on you know, that or, later. Yeah. For the record, I, I do admit I have to confess. In college, we did a, a, a. It was science. It was for science. We did a scientific study and we watched all the Star Wars movies that had been released at that time, which was just uh, episodes one through three, and then four, five, and six. And we watched them in that order mm-hmm. with someone for the first time who had never seen any Star Wars, and it was so fascinating to see to get her take. And she actually preferred the prequels when she watched them in that order to the classics. And yeah, that just boggles my mind. Yeah, I see. I, I had this theory that the Star Wars of your childhood or the Star Wars of your introduction is is that is your exemplar. That is yeah. your first impression. That's what you believe Star Wars to be. And everything else is a dissension of it. Right. No, no, I uh, agree with that. Because like McKay, um, man, he will fight you to the death that the prequels are Star Wars and they're amazing. And we've had tons of arguments and yeah, well, I would say arguments. We've had lots of conversations. No, no, no. You're right there, Dan. That's the correct word according to Webster's. um, Uh, Like I said, for the longest time, I could not watch episode one. I couldn't watch Phantom Menace. It is literally the only Star Wars movie I have fallen asleep watching in the theater. Um, And but the other thought, the other side of this is that I think it also has to do with how you perceive visual effects, what what visual effects you will suspend your belief for versus those you will not. And the three of us grew up largely with practical effects. In fact, CG effects were invented during our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And um, and then and then Jurassic Park super mainstreamed them mainstreamed them right and so much so that like movies like forrest gump leaned heavily on computer intervention uh to perform what we now call deep fakes back then they they weren't called that but the point is you know when looking back at your experience scott with with uh with this young woman who had never seen a star wars before she's watching a movie that was filmed 80 percent 90 percent in front of a green screen uh with all digital technology and then then we move into a movie that was made on a shoestring budget, um, filmed in 1975 uh, and released in 77. And of course, she's going to look at that as hokum because it's all practical effects and there's there's rotoscoping, but there's no there's no digital effects. Right. You no, know, that actually that that. So for a future episode, this this is a, an interesting idea. So confession, I have never actually seen any Blade Runner. Like, Ooh. I've never seen any iteration of it. And I feel like this could probably be something interesting because the new one got mixed reviews. Yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting to see maybe if uh, we watch the new one and then watch the old one and just to get a take on that. Difference. You know, my uh, this is my opinion. Watching the new one, it failed because the story was not that great. You know, the original Blade Runner 
had a fantastic story. It had a, a fantastic premise. It was very interesting. Uh, it was never done before. Uh, and, and let's face it, Harrison Ford was in his prime. Uh, yes, seeing he was. A, seeing an older Harrison Ford, I, I love Harrison Ford, but he runs really funny. <laughs> He does. Well, let's come back to that then. Uh, maybe uh, yeah, in the future, because yeah. that's another I, discussion to have. Because yes, I actually disagree. Sorry. I thought right. Blade Runner twenty forty nine was actually pretty fantastic. Okay. But we'll talk about that later. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, so, so then back yes. to Star Wars. Sorry. Okay. Coming back right. to Star so, Wars. Yes. So the crux here, the the, the thing that we've been building up to here is um, just just to lay out sort of like the thesis. Uh, and and please correct me if I'm misrepresenting your views. Um, I think we all three of us agree that the original trilogy is Star Wars. That is the core of Star Wars. That's the foundation. Yes. And um, I, again, please correct me if I'm misrepresenting your views, but I think we can all agree that out of the trilogy of trilogies, the original 77 to 83 is the trilogy to beat. That is the, that is the best one. If you, if you could only watch one Star Wars trilogy for the rest of your life, that is the trilogy you would choose. Is that correct? 100%. Awesome. Absolutely and, correct. And based um, on Dan's posters in the background, which no one at home can see, I'm going to assume he agrees with that statement. <laughs> Why? Only because it is New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Uh, right. I do have uh, the others, but they're just not up. Now, where where the dissension occurs is that I have very little love for the prequels. In fact, in fact, I would go as far as to say, on an emotional level, I felt betrayed by the by the by the prequels in the end. Um, and I saw them all in theaters when they were released, all that stuff. And the new trilogy, I think has been released at a time in history where people love to hate things. They love to be offended and they love to be angry and they love to be hurt. And so they have found everything wrong possible. They could, they did, they, they just, they found reasons to hate it. And I actually think the new trilogy, although flawed is still a wonderful enjoyable trilogy now if i'm not mistaken scott holds an almost polar opposite view to all of that scott Ooh, okay tell us what you think <laughs> okay so i i came in uh to the trilogy uh i remember watching the original trilogy when i was even younger because i'm i'm younger than both of you um older than than mckay so i i'm kind of like that generation between the two right um i enjoyed and i loved watching the original star wars trilogy that was my trilogy i remember being like six and seven and the only real lightsaber that i had to be able to play with oh i like a little guest star um she is <laughs> yes my wife just popped in the background uh she got back from shopping and her daughter's upstairs still asleep for nap time that's hey, uh, another reason why i can out. be here we'll have to cut this out anyway but okay hey can you guys see my camera still or no yeah okay on my side it's completely dead but my cam my camera's live. My Skype preview is dead. Whatever. As long as you can see me, that's great. I won't do anything vulgar. All right. Let me clap again. All right. Clap. So I'm in that unusual, like, weird middle ground, right? I'm in that unusual middle ground where I, when I was six and seven, the lightsaber that I imagined having was Luke Skywalker's. It was always against Darth Vader. Uh, and I would rewatch the Return of the Jedi battle uh, and, and the Empire battle. And that's my lightsaber. Those are my lightsabers, right? And then... Um, Phantom Menace came out and all of a sudden we had this basically, I don't want to call it lightsaber porn, but it was basically the entire movie felt like it was built around the battles. I want you to know that's exactly the term that I use. That is the term okay. I've used okay. for years now. So go on. And You're doing great. Because really it's, it, 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 if you go back and watch the story, like it doesn't really feel as much like 
the intergalactic wars, the star wars of the original trilogy. It feels more like a police action where, oh, well, we've got a trade disagreement with a planet. Like it, it, it's very small scale. And but there's amazing lightsaber battles and they really go into the Jedi and it's fun. And Jar Jar, hey, he's funny. Yeah. See, that just tells you how young I am. Uh, that <laughs> For me, Jar Jar was uh, a little bit of an annoyance, but OK, he's kind of annoying like C-3PO. Now I can't really watch it. I can't go back and rewatch it without kind of skipping forward certain scenes and skipping uh, faster past uh, Jar Jar. But in, in, in the future, we we have to have an episode where we make the arguments back and forth about how George Lucas is absolutely racist. But go on, please. Yes. Um, that would be a show. <laughs> uh, but I just I, I and so episodes two and three came out and I enjoyed them. Um, but again, talking about how we talked about before, uh, before the show, I feel like the original the prequels and the original trilogy, while both taking place in the Star Wars universe, and they try to tie them together very well. And see, I didn't even feel let down by episode three. I felt like, okay, it's tying into what else has already been established, but they never really felt like a cohesive whole. Like, it yeah. never felt like, oh, this is a nine-movie arc, or even a six-movie arc. It really felt like this is a three-movie uh, based on the idea of Star Wars. Here's another three movies uh, that are the classics. Like, I never really felt like they blended together as well as they should have. No, I, I agree with that. In fact, even the ending of episode three made it feel almost like the the prequel trilogy was being grafted in. I knew that's where they were going. They were using the right characters. They were using the right buildup in general and things like that. But it felt like they were grafting a trilogy into an existing yeah. story instead yeah. of like filling in the gaps. I think I think the, the term is shoehorn, right? It's it yeah. was shoehorned in there. Um, at least it felt like that after the fact. And and even going back and thinking about things, uh, you know, I enjoyed it at the time. But now going through and rewatching, yeah, there's so many other stories that they could have told. Anakin's fall just didn't feel quite right. I wish that we could just have Dave Filoni and do do like the uh, the Clone Wars animated yes. version, his version of how Anakin falls, because he does such a better job of depicting that conflict in him. Uh, but just how it finally comes to be in episode three just doesn't ever. Uh, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't. It feels like there's something there that's just like we need to make this guy a villain, but we also need to make him redeemable and lovable. And it just it wasn't. I feel like Dave Filoni has a better feel of that lovable and yet believable for that he can fall. Um, but the movie just didn't didn't hit that note for me. Well, let's be fair here. Dave Filoni had seven years to show that where mm -hmm. we got two movies, you know, the beginning, you know, the end. I mean, really, Clone Wars and, you know, Revenge of the Sith is really the points when. But we should have had three movies, right? Like, how amazing yeah. would it have been to actually have three movies all about Anakin instead of, Correct. oh, this first movie is just meeting him, but actually yeah. seeing him. In, sorry, that's. Yeah, sorry. no, I agree. We could have the whole first part. We, we could have jumped ahead. Um, or even made it four movies. I don't know. But we definitely needed more another movie because the introduction of seeing him as a Jedi was, was important, but throwing the weird love triangle in there and the weird floating pair. I, there, there's just George Lucas can't write romance. You will never forgive him for the pair. I won't. It, it was <laughs> weird. It was awkward. It was. But, and, you know, it was. It was. 
Yeah, it was better yeah, than but, Jabba but that was in, but that was more about visual storytelling, right? That was more about like the visual effects just didn't hold up to the moment, and also Hayden Christensen, right? Like like Natalie Portman, Natalie Portman has proven time and again that oh. you can put her in the most steaming pile of trash, and she will still be the best part of that steaming pile of trash at any given moment in time. But she's also really good at following direction, yeah. even when direction is bad. Yeah. It, if if we were to look at the prequels, if we look at any any of the trilogy of trilogies, right, and any of the of the three trilogies, then um, any any success or failing in those trilogies can be attributed to storytelling. Yeah. Um, the, the the characters the for the most part for the most part the characters introduced in the prequels and in the sequels are good characters with with good backstories you can there it's raw material you can do great things with yeah and anytime people have complaints including myself about the prequels or the sequels it has to do with the way they told the story or the or mm-hmm. who they chose to focus on or you know it was about storytelling it wasn't really it, with with rare exception it wasn't really about necessarily the characters um there's you know I'm not a big fan of Jar Jar but you could have done things with Jar Jar, as has been proven with fan theory, that would have made him interesting. I'm, I I absolutely hate Planet Vegas. I think Cantobite yeah, yeah. is like mm-hmm. the that whole adventure was a waste of time. Yeah. But and and, and what did we and, get out of an it? An insult to our intelligence as an audience. Yes. Sorry, go on. Yes. Go. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um. And and an insult to Benicio del Toro, who is a great actor. And he was put in an in an absolutely awkward position. He was a cool character you could have done cool things with, and directing wise, it just it or well, writing I wise mean, even writing wise, it just thing, fell is, flat. Is in any good story, what was the point of that scene? It felt so Tolkien to me. You know, why do we have Farmer Maggot? Why do we have the Bog Whites? It has nothing to really do with the I agree. story. So did Canto Bite. It had nothing to do with the story. You could have completely skipped Canto Bite entirely. They, they could yeah. have. They didn't get the master code breaker. They got some guy that turned him in. Um, let alone the whole movie itself. Uh, why did they? You know, let's just keep flying and staying ahead of them. And you know, each ship keeps getting knocked off and blah blah blah. We we could take the machete order approach here on just that scene. And yeah. if you remove yeah. the Canto Bite adventure. Yeah. Where they started and where they ended post-adventure was nearly identical. And yeah, so yeah. if you removed that scene, you probably wouldn't notice. And then what did we really get out of Cantobite in the end? In the third film, they are riding the the llama monsters uh, as no, horses. They're not even, and he, no, and they're, they're not, not even, even the same Cantobite. They're not even the same creatures. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Now that I think about it, they're not even the same thing. Yeah, it's it's so, the ones they when they crash landed on the planet with uh, where the Death Star was. You know, yeah, it was it's from that planet. You're absolutely the, right. The old the, the other the old stormtroopers were riding. So we didn't get anything from there. You're right. Cantobite was a waste. And when people start bringing up how Rose was not focused enough on the third film, and they bring up race issues and things like that, I always like to flip around and be like. What was so important about that character in the previous film that makes you this upset? Because in all honesty, the thing that makes her interesting is her sister is a freaking hero, right? Yeah. Like that's what makes Rose interesting. And then they try to make it try to make her more interesting by giving her a romantic tie or at least a romantic attraction to Finn. And we were led to believe Finn was having romantic feelings for Ray. And in the end, that was never actually realized. And then yeah. Rose isn't even going after Finn. And it was just see, it's it's about storytelling. You have well, really cool characters same- you could have done cool things with. 
It's true. It's true. It's true. You could have done amazing things with them. And honestly, I feel like Rose had more of a story to tell, but I feel like the audience's reaction. See, I don't feel like, and that's, I think my biggest problem with this new trilogy is the first one came out as almost a test saying, Hey, let's not, let's, let's rehash the same story and see how well we can do. People don't like it when stories are different. Uh, they're complaining about George Lucas changing everything. So let's, let's remake uh, a new hope. And they did it really well. It was a fun story. They set up some fun characters. They did an excellent job, uh, setting up these new characters. Um, Maybe not as good of a job as George, because let's face it, like all the characters that it were anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, we're going to debate that in a second. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they started and then they handed it off to somebody who and said, hey, take it. Just you go be crazy. But that last movie, it was all trying to give what they felt the audience wanted. It wasn't telling a story, which if you're telling a true story you're not going to make everyone happy. You're, if you're telling a story from a certain, from your vision, uh, everybody's not going to be happy. But if you're trying to tell a story and saying, and then C-3PO died. Uh, I mean, no, no, he, he didn't. He didn't die because you're crying now. Uh, he, he, he just temporarily died. Just temporarily got his memory yeah. wiped. But Chewbacca, as he was escaping, he died. Oh, you're sad about that. Oh, well, he didn't really die. There was a second ship. Like, you're changing the story. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like they did with market research that they kept because how many there's so many rumors about how many different edits were out there and and they yeah. would release theories to test because they wanted it to be this everybody's happy. And I felt very played to like I just yeah, I was sitting in the theater and I just felt like why? OK, just just make a decision. But I feel like, oh, well, you've got this check mark box. You've got this check box. It didn't feel like it was a, a vision of storytelling. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean it, it definitely like... there was no cohesive arc. That's something no. we've we've talked about multiple times. You know, when you're writing a book, when you're filming a trilogy, you know, there's an arc. You have the beginning, movie, it has a beginning and an end. But there's still that over looming arc that goes mm-hmm. throughout the other movies. There wasn't that. We we know that for a fact because you know, we, there were people, directors that were fired, people that had different scripts where certain characters were supposed to be alive, but then they died in the last film. I mean, for J.J.'s credit, he came back and did the best he could with what he had. Oh, absolutely. However, absolutely. you're right. There, you know, with the failure that The Last Jedi was, Disney, they were doing everything they can to say, we bought this for a lot of money. We have to save this because if this dies... This is a giant dumpster fire that we cannot stop. You know, so they tried to create something that pleased everyone. You know, why they saved Chewie, I don't know. I mean, from everything that it was looking like, they were getting rid of all the original cast to kind of forge a new path forward. Yes, it sucked that Chewbacca died, and I thought he died. But then when they, well, what? Second ship? What? I never saw a second ship. Okay. Um, no, I I have to jump in on that one. When I was watching it in theaters for the first time, I saw two ships. Me too. And when they blew up one ship, I was like, oh, he's not even on that ship. We're fine. Well, no, I because, mean, the second time th- when I watched it again, I'm like, oh, there's yeah. a second ship. But that first time, I didn't really see it. I didn't catch it, which it was kind of a good kind of, switch. Well, but... I, I, envy, I envy you having those feelings, though, because, like, I, I bypassed that because I'd already assumed that he was, he was safe on the other die. vessel. Oh, yeah. See, I saw the other ship, but I still thought he died. I thought, wow, they're really taking 
yeah. an aggressive stance with this movie. Yeah. Like, and I figured they're also killing off C-3PO because of the, the trailer. Like, I really believe yeah. they are taking that aggressive stance. And I, and I thought 3PO was gone, too. Oh, wow. His memory's been wiped. Okay, we're going to get... He's not going to be that quirky droid. Wow, maybe I can actually like 3PO. And then R2 uploaded his backup, and it's like, you know, the and my when he said the whole backup and it's not reliable, I'm just like, crap, they're going to give 3PO back his memory, and we're just starting all over. You know, Bubba Freak. Love that character. I wish they would have given him more more lines and more parts, but no, we didn't even get that. Why do we have Do? My goodness, that was the biggest waste of a droid ever. I see that that was marketing. Yeah, I know marketing. it's marketing. But I know it's a new. Let's toy. back up a few steps because I mean we've talked about this where like the the yeah, failing right. the failing in the sequel is story by committee. Yes. As opposed to a cohesive driver who has a single vision. Yes. Um, if we look at the original trilogy, the original trilogy is not directed entirely by George Lucas. Correct. George does Star Wars and then two other directors do Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yes. So there was a different director at each helm. And what's interesting is that there before we had the prequels, before we had the sequels, um, there was already discussion of, you know, when you analyze the original trilogy, when you analyze uh, A New Hope through Return of the Jedi – the better movies are the ones George doesn't direct. And then that became a much louder conversation after the prequels because yeah. George was at the helm of all three films. And what what ends up becoming sort of like the the pattern through analysis is that George is magnificent at setting the stage, at building the worlds, at putting the characters in the right place. But he is not a good storyteller. He is not a good storyteller. I, I, um, no, I, I want to counter that. I think he's a good storyteller. I just don't think he's good at directing and managing that story. When I guess he's Will Ferrell. Okay, I can, can see I, that. How about yeah. can I can I interject? Yes, please. I would propose that he is Will Ferrell. Like Will <laughs> Ferrell, if directed right, like look at him in Elf. He is, and I know Dan is probably Dan is like biting his tongue right now. Uh, no. In my opinion, Elf, he is actually he reigns in a lot of his over craziness, and it works. Uh, look at him in Stranger Than Fiction. He Stranger actually delivers a beautiful performance that's very yeah. touching, it's very moving, that's very un-Will Ferrell-esque. I feel like if given the right direction, he can do amazing things. Yeah. In my opinion, George Lucas has amazing ideas, but he needs somebody to be that director to wrangle him in, to pull him back. But for the prequels, he had no one. He was God. He could do anything. Nobody yeah. to say, mm, George, uh, mm, let's double think that one. Bugs? That's, like, that, that, that's, a good, that's a good point. Like, um, George Lucas does best under constraint. Yeah, um, that is true. I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, American Graffiti, which was like his first commercial film, if you will, if we're if we're not looking at THX eleven thirty eight, because that was yeah. a student project, blah blah blah. Right. But American Graffiti was it, it had this like built in nostalgia mm -hmm. that just appealed to so many people. But he had to do it almost entirely out of pocket, and it was all in his hometown, and you know, and all that stuff, right? Where I used to live, by the way. But oh. anywho, um, and then and then he got into Star Wars. And if you read the history of how Star Wars ever came to be, he had to shop that around so many times. Yeah. And all the major studios, MGM, Universal, um, uh, Warner Brothers, they all turned him down because they're like, seriously, uh, agricultural yeah. space opera? Probably not. <laughs> but – but um, and then Fox, which at the time was a very young studio, was like, eh, let's give it a go. But we're going to give it a go with this much because this is all we got. And yeah. then from that, George Lucas, you know, and I realized it wasn't an empire. Just, 
He built an empire, a galactic yeah. empire. No, um, <laughs> and, and I realized it wasn't it wasn't just George Lucas, but with him at the helm, we got Lucas Films, ILM, um, the very first computer controlled, you know, motion control camera. Yeah. I just Im- amazing, amazing innovations because there were constraints, and because he wasn't like you said. And I totally agree with you. Now, now that I've thought about it a little bit, I totally agree with you. He didn't have godlike powers where he could just go willy nilly. Um, and, and when we see how he's altered the original trilogy over time and he keeps citing at, at this point, I just don't believe him anymore. But originally when he was making changes, he's like, well, this is the way that I originally envisioned it. And I, at the time I, I just wasn't able to make it happen. And, and so, uh, I took the opportunity to, to invest in this and, and make it the way I originally saw. And, and w- when that happened in 1997, sure, I could, I could see what he meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't agree with everything, but at the time it was cool and it was fresh and I love Star Wars and there we go. I love but seeing more Bespin. Yeah, but he keeps making he keeps making changes. And I just I just I want to slap him with a fish of regret. Like I just I just I, I want him to stop. Stop touching my childhood that way. I do not give you consent. Um, <laughs> wow. It's, wow. But, but but what we're seeing is what happens when George Lucas can run willy nilly and he can just do whatever he wants. And then with the prequels, that's exactly what he did. And he had all these great characters. He had all these great settings. And w- without that constraint, without the need for innovation, we ended up with sort of a slop fest. And we ended up with a prequel trilogy where you could genuinely cut off the first episode and it changes nothing. All of Phantom Menace contributes in the same way that Cantobite contributed to the new trilogy. And you could you could genuinely cut off Phantom Menace. Yeah, you'd lose Qui-Gon. Yeah, you'd lose Darth Maul. But so what? You know, well, we could even we could even talk about how Darth Maul and Boba Fett were Joe were George Lucas's villains that he created just to throw away. And if it wasn't for the fandom, they never would have returned. It yeah. never would have happened. You know? Well, I, I mean, the, the good thing is, you know, he's created this universe. We've had multiple books, comic books, video games that have come out of it under his direction. You know, like I said, I think he can create, he is a good storyteller. But this is, you know, going back to your point of him constantly tinkering with those movies. Imagine what we could have got if he would have not spent all the time tinkering with those movies and actually coming out with more films. Yeah. We could have got the Dark Empire uh, movies instead of the bo- just the books. We could have seen Thrawn earlier. We could have seen all these other things. But I get, I, I get it. He was enmeshed in what he was. What we got isn't the greatest, you know. And I think Disney has learned. They they've really learned harshly. Um, and because of that, we, we've got the Mandalorian TV series, which I feel like, you know, it, it, it is. It's under this, the control of Dave Filoni. You know, he is guiding and directing. He's not direct. He's not the guy directing every episode. Right. But he is that overall voice. You know, but he he's also, really he's also gets, working with a team, though, who can bring yeah, yeah. him back. They can let him run sometimes. But I, again, he's got that team, that constraint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so yeah, I, but you've got like five different directors, six different directors in that mix. And and but they all for when I look at Mandalorian, I look at it very much like a love letter to mm-hmm. Star Wars from each of these directors. Yeah. And Filoni's gift in all of this is that not only is he a is he a pure and true Star Wars 
a lover of Star Wars, not even Star Wars fan. He's a lover of Star Wars, a lover of the world, of the mythos, of the people. And he cares and he takes care with each of their stories. He is not frivolous. And he also we had a, we had an episode of a handful of weeks back called the Filoni Insights where, um, you know, I I absolutely going back to our original topic, I have little or no love for the prequels at all. And I absolutely despise episode one, Phantom Menace. But Filoni explained Duel of the Fates in a way that made me find new value and new appreciation for for that particular part of the story. I think so much more of Phantom Menace is frivolous. I think it actually ruins or try or attempts to ruin what George had previously established. I think that it sets up contradictions. I think it does a lot of things to hurt Star Wars. But when Filoni explained Duel of the Fates and what it really means and Qui-Gon's role in Anakin's life, not just his childhood, but his whole life, I was like, wow, Filoni gets it. And he helped me understand it better, right? And so when you've got Filoni and Favreau and Waititi and, and, and Bryce Dallas Howard and just all those people coming together and they're telling their part of the Star Wars story and they're expressing their love of Star Wars being very careful with each character. You see the difference between frivolity and lack of constraint versus those who are trying to write a sonnet. Ooh, yeah, no, I love that. I Sorry. agree. No, I was just gonna say I agree. It's uh, definitely, but that's the, that's the key piece that we've never had. You know, we've never really seen that because it wasn't explained. There wasn't never in any point in any of the movie was that explained to us and so you know we were kind of left owing oh and it, i could see scott just going all oh, over the oh. place can i go, can I go for it, scott. okay go. okay okay that's the point explained because george had all these ideas right he had all this stuff set up and we can see how the jedi kind of are a little bit of a creep right but then filoni came in with rebels and with clone wars cartoons and he kind of expanded out on that and originally when all of us watched the jedi fall yes it was sad we were we were we were wrecked with tragedy like how could the jedi these perfect uh, amazing guys fall but all of a sudden we start saying oh wait anakin can't love there there are all these little insights like that are wrong with the jedi that yes george had that in the original in the stories, but we just didn't understand it. We just didn't see it because it wasn't focused on. Again, I think it was just, and now Filoni's come in and, and he's been able to point out, no, 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 look at how they made mistakes. Look at how the Jedi, and we see that, especially in the last series of, or season of Clone Wars, how they're not perfect, they're imperfect. And we see, wow, there really needed to be a falling away. And I appreciate that. So I think that that's really it, that you need a team to be able to help to say, hey, I understand that you understand this, but let's elaborate on that. Uh, yeah. Let's sing this orchestra and and because you hear one part of it, but let's hear how all these musical yeah. instruments play together. Sorry, that's just that's mm, ah. Well, no, yeah. I mean there there could have been a few key scenes that they could have added that would have really, uh, you know, really changed the whole dynamic of those first three films. Um, you know, we could have definitely got rid of the midichlorians. Uh, that hundred percent. I, I, I don't feel like that added anything to it, and it's never mentioned again. Well, I, I actually, uh, I think it causes problems later on. But go on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I understand why he brought it up because his, if if you look at some of the other rumored about the next phase, he planned on them going mic microscopic and going into, I guess, someone's body to fight off the evil midichlorians or something like. That. I don't know. I in a spleen. Very yeah, I, nearby, just yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, thank goodness we never got that. Uh, 
but that could just be a, an idea he had that was never coming to fruition. But yeah, I mean, again, what what it seems like we're boiling down to, the films are great, but we the the last trilogy was missing an overall story arc, a cohesive plan. The first trilogy was had a cohesive plan, but it was missing plot points in the story. Too much, too much cohesive plan. Not enough, like story. outside, yeah, not enough constraint and self-editing. Yes, yes, and, and we needed plot points to to guide us along said story because there was there's a whole gap that we lose out on, and thankfully, due to George and Dave Filoni, we have that. But it takes seven years. Uh, you know, seven seasons of Clone Wars to better understand that fall that we see in episode three. You know, without watching those, it's just, it's really like, really? He, he just followed the dark side because he thinks his wife is going to die? What? Oh, oh, yeah, and he, and he, and he killed some, some uh, s- sand people because his mom died. You can't call what? them that. I know, I know. But it's like, what? They're Tuscans. Yeah, that that just doesn't make sense to me. I can understand. It, it just doesn't make sense that those two key things are the things we're supposed to take from yeah. that took this little cute boy that has some emotional issues and becomes this big evil being cloaked in black armor that I just think is amazing that slaughters most of the Jedi out in the galaxy. No, that just doesn't make sense. Watching the Clone Wars, you see it. Every little thing, the loss of, uh, you know, people that he has come to care for, uh, all all the battles, the war, it really makes you feel like, okay, man, he's he's suffering from some major PS, PTSD from the war efforts. He's struggling with concept of himself. He's struggling with the imbalance because you see all the, the moves that Palpatine is making. And then the, the Jedi Council is countering, and it's just and, and unfortunately Anakin's in the middle, and yeah, so yeah. you see those things, and it makes sense where he's like, "Why aren't they making me a master?" You know, I'm on the council, but I'm not. But at the same time, they didn't select him to be on it. It was Palpatine that forced him on there, knowing that that was going to push him that that direction. But you have to see all those small contexts, all those plot points to make sense, and we just didn't get those. I so, agree. No. So, so, so let me let me bring it back to the core of today's episode. So, oh, yes. so we all agree that the seventy-seven to eighty-three trilogy is beautiful, and stop messing, stop tinkering with it, and leave it alone. It's it's wonderful. I, I we wouldn't change a thing. Would you? Exactly. Would you both agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, especially the whole so, Greedo crap. <laughs> yes, Han shot first, and there's a reason. Yes. Um, let's let's move to the prequels. Let's move to the prequels. Um, Dan, well, do, do we have Dan, enough time? Because I know you are on a, a time clock. Oh, yes. and we're I'm we'll actually make it on work. a time crunch as well. well let, 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 let's make this as concise as we can. Okay. Prequels. Uh, on a scale of zero to five, what would you give it? And use halves if you wish. What would you give the prequel trilogy, Dan? Uh, three and a half. Three and a half. Scott? Uh, I know two and a half difficult. to three. Two and a half to three. I hear that. I'd probably give the prequel trilogy. I'd probably, you know, I, I'm I'm actually in the same zone. I'm about like a two, two and a half, maybe. Okay. Um, what would you absolutely keep from the prequel trilogy, Dan? Keep. Keep. Absolutely keep. Um, Ooh, while he thinks about that, can I uh, jump in? Please, Scott, go, go. ahead. Obi Wan Kenobi. 
Yes, he I think was the, he was the a beautiful apprentice. Uh, he was an unprepared teacher who was thrust into this position of training the chosen one. And I feel that not only Ewan McGregor's interpretation of that character on all three movies, but also in the writing of his character was so beautifully told. He was, I don't want to say like a savior type, but he was beautifully done and he was given an impossible task. He did the best he could. And I loved every tale of his journey. Sorry. It adds Man. so much. It adds so much gravitas to when Sir Alec Guinness, who originally said the line before you and McGregor ever got into the role, when he's like, I thought I could teach him in the way uh, as as well. Uh, what does he say? I thought I could teach him as well as Yoda had taught me. Yeah. I was wrong. You know, yeah. you know, uh, OK, uh, so yes, young, Obi-Wan Kenobi, young, young Obi-Wan, McGregor. I'm not a big fan of really Interesting. young Phantom Menace Obi-Wan. I don't like Uh Give it the break. From there on, the I'm good. Um, you know, uh, it's really hard. There are a lot of components of the trilogy that I like and enjoy, but there's a lot of components that you know, like the 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 final battle with Obi Wan and Anakin is amazing, and you really need that. But there's parts of that that are just like really hokey and like what the heck. Yeah. Um, Only uh, Siths deal in absolutes. I know. Um, uh, yep, 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 yep. Can I hit? Can I record you and, and play that back? Is that okay? Yeah. Um, you Did know, you just the, tweet that, sir. The whole, <laughs> you know, the whole weird opera th- scene could go away. Uh, but we're focusing on what needs to stay. Um, yeah, yeah. What would you? What would you absolutely? And maybe the answer is nothing. Maybe there. I mean, maybe you wouldn't keep anything. But I do like Scott's answer of young no. Obi Wan in general. Just, just no. in general. I, I think the lightsaber battles needed need to stay. I mean, it is something that we really needed, yeah. Um, because you know, the original trilogy, the whole idea is these things were heavy. They were they weighed several pounds, and that's why they swung the way they did, and, and it looked so labored. And George just didn't have the 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 idea of how smoothly these things should be moving. So when we got those lightsabers, I mean, that is the one amazing thing that I will say that came out of Phantom Menace is how fluid and beautifully done those lightsaber battles were. That's what we've always envisioned as kids. If anything, those definitely need to stay because that really opened our eyes to how Jedi could fight and how what the lightsaber was really about. Not these weird clunky like giant claymores that were were slashing back and forth. Uh, for me, I would keep everything that interlaces with Duel of the Fates. So I'm with you on that one. I I personally believe that as as the prequel trilogy progressed, it really did become saber porn. When when you watch the fight on um, Mustafar, uh, it is it is frivolous nonsense the entire time. That I, I I think I think the the moment that expresses all saber battles in revenge of the sith that just sort of encapsulates how useless they are is the moment where you have this super wide shot and you've got obi-wan kenobi and anakin skywalker and they are both just twirling their lightsabers left to right left to right left right and then they're not even doing anything and they're not they're not hitting each other not threatening each other i'm like at at any moment Y'all could have just mind pushed each other. You could have just stabbed each other. Reach over and turn with someone's lightsaber off. I mean, just do something, right? It was so useless, uh, so saber porn. Um, but I would, I would keep Duel of the Fates. I would keep Darth Maul, if only for what they do with his character later 
um, you know, much like with Boba Fett, they resurrected him because fandom and all that stuff. But Darth Maul in Phantom Menace was squandered, but was later utilized and justified. And so keep keep Darth Maul. Uh, Keep Duel of the Fates. Yeah. And I can't. I mean, even if if it I, I still have not watched all of Clone Wars yet. I'm just barely getting into it for the first time. I realize I'm really late to that party. So for me, I could get rid of Camino. Um, but I get the whole Clone Wars thing. So the Camino sure. comes into play during uh Clone Wars though. Yeah, yeah. So because it's connected to that, I could keep it. Yeah. Um otherwise I'm not really attached to it. Yeah. Um and to be honest with you, that's it. I mean, I guess you got to keep C3PO, but I don't really care about his origin story, and I definitely don't care about him being naked, <laughs> yeah. a naked puppet. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. And and R two is retroactively cool because he's like super powered in the prequels, and he has like only a handful of abilities in the trilogy. And then anyway, anyway. So that's so what that's would, so I, what would I absolutely keep? I, I would absolutely keep Duel of the Fates, Camino, and Darth Maul, and I could throw the rest away. So, but I, I do have a response on your where they're twirling stuff around. Yes. Yes. I know why they're doing that. Um, if, if I remember because right, porn. if you read the the novelization, it's actually in that moment they're actually both foreseeing attacks that the other person is doing, and that's why they're doing all those defenses because they're seeing. Would the have been person. illustrated yeah. in such a better way than what we I know. Saw. I know. I, I know. It could have. I agree, and I, I knew that it, too, Dan. It, it and like and I do standing. love that moment because, but again, that's because I know the background, and yeah. there's so much you need to know about the background to be able to enjoy the actual story. Yeah. And and I think that's that's where that's where the yeah. prequel the prequel trilogy really falls weak is that there's so much amazing content there, there's so much amazing storytelling, but we don't know because that part just did not get across. And yeah. and if that were the if that were the case, I I realize that's the justification, but if that were the case then it shouldn't have looked the way that it looked because it looked like they were just grandstanding. Um, uh, Because those are not defensive moves. Those are flourishes. Defensive moves are a different posture, a different stance, a different angle of the blade, um, different force. If anything, we should have seen some like herky jerkiness that made it look like they were almost having like unintentional accidental swings. And then like much like when a baseball player goes to swing at a bat and then halts, we should have seen a ton of that. And there should have been dialogue to express or something that would have, you know, given us that idea and they didn't do that. Instead, they were two drum majors trying to lead their marching band into each other for like a good 10 seconds. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, Let's take that same question. We've only got a few minutes left. Let's take that same question. Let's look at the sequel trilogy. What, uh, what would you, and I know we've talked about this before, but just to kind of give a baseline on a scale of zero to five, what would you give the sequel trilogy, Dan? (sighs) Oh, Hmm. I'm going to go with three. Awesome. Scott? <sighs> Two. Two. It was a dessert that I thought that I wanted, and once I ate it, it was shallow, hollow, and unnecessary to the steak and fantastic meal that I already had before me. See, I think I've done Scott a disservice because I have harped on the prequel so much this episode. We're going to have to have another episode where he harps on the <laughs> sequel trilogy because we got to give equal airtime to that. Um, okay, for me, if the original trilogy is my five, then the sequel trilogy is a four. Okay. I like it. I like it that much. I enjoy it that much. Now, Did, out of the sequel real trilogy. Real quick question. Real quick yeah. question for you. Did you read the books? Uh, okay, so are you saying the books for. Based on the movies. Yeah. Based on the movies? No, I did not. 
I, I did read the, the Timothy Zahn trilogy, the original seven, eight, and nine, mm-hmm. but I have not read the books for the new trilogy. No, no, no. Um, that's what I'm asking. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Because the I extended love that universe. universe stuff. Yeah. So that's, I, I, I love the Timothy. Oh, the Timothy Zahn novels. Uh, those, those are my real seven, eight, and nine. Yeah, exactly. And that's how I feel. Like, I wanted that. And instead, I got so that it, it really is unfair for me to judge this because that's what I wanted. That's what I believe. But that's okay. And not but, what I got. But the score is subjective, and that and that's how you that that yeah. that's that's your subject, right? Like that that's how you see it, and I'm okay with that. Um, okay, so then let's go uh, to Dan. It, what would you absolutely keep from the sequel trilogy? What would I keep? Um. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Should I come back to you? Um. This. That's a one. That's a hard one. Uh. If I were to pick one thing to keep, I don't know. Right now. Would, would you Would you keep more things than you would discard, or would you discard more things than you would keep? I'd discard more things than I'd keep. Okay. Cool. So then the so then the, the right question has been asked. What would you keep? Yeah. Um. Man, the problem is the problem is if I say I want to keep this, that makes it the other things I want to discard not really work well. That's Um, okay. That's okay. Because I definitely would want to discard the weird grumpy hermit Luke we got. Because I I want to I want to yeah that hurt your childhood I know. Can I share something and then come back to Dan? I I, I, I want to keep Han, but wait, I don't want to you know I, I. yeah, there's so many things that just okay. Dan, Dan, you ruminate on that for a second. Scott, what were you gonna say? I would keep everything uh, up until Leia completes her Jedi training. Like everything leading up to that moment, uh, Han <laughs> and Leia having a son. Um, there is a descendant of Palpatine out in the universe. Uh, Luke is still in charge of a Jedi Academy, and and go from there. Like I feel like there was so a basically you just threw away. Episode seven, eight, and nine. He kept, no, he kept episodes no, 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 no. Uh, it's, six point one through six point nine. It's everything leading up to the galactic divorce. The galactic divorce. It it really is everything leading up to the galactic divorce. Uh, I want to see. Yes, there's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. But this is a broken family trying to figure out how to not destroy the universe. Um, and I feel like there's a lot there. I love seeing Leia with a lightsaber, and I feel like there was another story that could be told that could still. Uh, shine a good light on our on our heroes because yeah. even if they killed Obi Wan Kenobi in Episode Four, they still made him a hero and they still showed him as that hero. Our heroes, they kind of, uh, sorry, but yeah, grumpy hero Matt Luke is a perfect example. Well, I mean, and this is the thing, kind of pinging on that is that's that's the hard part I, I'm struggling with is there we had characters that had potential they threw away. You know, Rose, character with potential, threw it away. Snoke, character with potential, they threw it away. Um, Han, we could have seen more of, of that character, which we know has great potential, but then he's gone. Um, I even like Solo. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. I, I like Solo. I like Solo. I, I think people complaining about Solo don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So it's just like there's so much potential that was just tossed away. You know, Holdo, what's the point of her? Oh, she does this really cool maneuver, which should not exist in the Star Wars universe, uh, which they kind of 
joke back to in, in nine that well yeah that's just a, that was a one-time thing we could never do that again um just it, it was all these weird things so that's where it's really hard to say where what would i keep you know uh the giant modified gorilla ad ads uh bb8 uh no i hate bb8 actually <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. They wasted R2 in the, all three of those films. Um, I, while I agree that R2 did not get the airtime he deserved, the droids have always been sort of at the emotional center yeah. of of the Star Wars universe. And I, even even Dio, which I think speaks to the more delicate and, and also the more like uh, emotionally aware nature of the current generation. Um, I, th- I think Dio speaks to a certain thread there that the other droids just never have. In fact, even in Return of the Jedi, we see droids being tortured yeah. and we see that as like distasteful, but we don't have an emotional connection to the droid, to the Gronk yeah. droid or whatever it is that's getting his feet seared. Um, but Dio like has a hard time with a human touching him. And all of a sudden, everybody understands what that means. Right. Yeah. No, so I think I, there's that. Yeah, I just I couldn't connect with that that droid. You know, and that's okay. That's I know a lot of people do. It's just I, just not, not a fan that, of BB-8, and that's cool. Um, in uh, the interest of time, let me let me switch over to Scott. So, so Scott, what would you keep out of the sequel trilogy? Again, it just has to come down to uh, kind of that the the emin- the the remnants of the uh, extended universe, right? Is that what Legends, like the Legends universe that was created? Um, I loved seeing uh, that that that. Uh, insightful and hopeful luke i would have liked to have seen when he was faced with that dilemma of killing kylo ren and i would have liked to have picked up the story right there like more than what they showed us basically i i just i feel like yeah yeah i feel like if we would have picked up the story right there instead of 20 years down the line after he's become a hermit like even if like that was the beginning of the story and like that could have been episode uh, seven, yeah, six, seven, seven. Like him actually being tempted, giving in, and then episode eight is actually like Kylo Ren coming to power and slaughtering, and then episode nine is that redemption where I made a mistake. You know, I mean, I don't know, and and I feel no, like that would have been a much better story arc because wow, I followed down a similar path as my father, and now I'm coming back. Oh my gosh, yes! Instead of hiding away, yeah, I yeah. made a mistake. No, and I agree with you that. You can still bring into play uh, the. Um, you can still bring in all the other characters. It doesn't have to be the first order kind of thing. It can be Kylo creating like the uh, Knights of Ren. Like I feel like that yeah. could have been not necessarily a galactic war. If you wanted to even bring back uh, the Emperor, fine, fine, that's fine. Let him be that temptation power that leads Kylo Ren. That kind of yeah. blinds Luke momentarily. Fantastic, but I feel like that could have been. I feel well, like there's I, elements of a great story there. And yeah. I f- kind of feel like that's what we were starting to get when he showed, we, we see him on crates. Like, whoa, okay, he's realized he's made a mistake. He's come back. We're going to see the Luke I've, I've been waiting for. And then, no, it's yeah. just a projection and he dies. And it's like, well, what? And I don't, I actually, I loved that projection moment because it showed his Im- immense power in the force. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I can understand why people would be disappointed by it, but I thought it was a brilliant move. Plus the little visual cues they give yeah. you. Um, I, I thought that part was awesome. However, no, it, it, we still could have kept that, but yes. just leave out him dying. 
That would have yeah. shown, wow. Even yeah. if he was like super weak and he needed time to recuperate and then he shows up in nine like, okay, I'm ready. You've convinced me. Instead of wasting the character away, um, yeah, that just, that kind of frustrated me. So it, for me, what I mean, again, I'm, I'm a big fan of the new of the new trilogy, obviously. But if I had to like pare it down and keep just the essential bits, I think the Han and Kylo arc yep. is yeah. a must. That is an absolute must. And every time I watch, I've watched um, Rise of Skywalker so many like several times now, and every time that comes up, I cry. Every time, um, it's such a beautiful that that scene that movie is made by just that scene between Kylo, now Ben, and Han. Like, just the little things they did in that storytelling are immensely incredible. Yeah. That one scene saved everything. No, um, I, I agree. I would keep that as well. That's, now that you speak about that, that's one thing I, I'd keep. And if you're asking me what I'd get rid of, it would be the Mary Poppins scene. Yeah. The Mary Poppins scene? Yeah. yeah. Leia, Leia in space. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm with you. I, w- I, I realized they were trying to like trick the audience, especially with Carrie Fisher's actual passing. Yeah. But I would have been fine if Ben had been responsible for her death. Yeah. I would have been fine. Um, and then her, yeah, force pulling herself back in. No, no, yeah. no, no, thanks. Yeah. Um, I would keep, I would keep and emphasize Ray struggling with the dark side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. I think that was underplayed. I think they tried to play. I think, I think Adam driver tried to act it out with her, uh, in those scenes. I think they did the best they could with what they were given. And this again has to do, we've talked about how JJ Abrams and film by committee tried really hard to repair, um, uh, Ryan Johnson's storytelling from the second film. Yeah. Um, which again, I don't totally blame him either again, story by committee, but, um, mm. but I would keep, I would keep, uh, Finn and Poe and their arc. I would keep uh, Ray's entire story and her be and her choosing to become a Skywalker. I think that's beautiful and brilliant, yeah. and I love it. And, and her, being like her being a Palpatine descendant. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I like, I like that. I think keep all the yes. Palpatine stuff. I just think it should have been included earlier. Yeah. Um, I think I I would have been totally fine if she wasn't the child of. Uh, if she wasn't the grandchild of Palpatine, but rather a cloned experiment, hence yeah. Snoke, I think, and 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 her vision in the in the cave where there were like many several rays in a row, and then back in like the infinity of Ray, um, I think having her as a clone experiment and that explains the vision, I think, is brilliant. Ooh, but they didn't do that. that. Yeah, I mean, that would have been great. She could have been a genetic clone of, uh, you know, they took genetic material from. Uh, Vader and from and from Palpatine that would have that would have been would have explained why she could wield that saber with no problem and and why she was so immensely powerful I mean two really powerful uh, Jedi and a Sith Lord or Sith I mean that would have been a a cool art too but there was no foresight no well that also kind of plays into the whole theory of the 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 Clone Wars why it was so bad and why the Jedi were so bad was that they let all these clones die because all their clones they don't matter but they do, and 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 showing that that a clone yeah. matters. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, I would. Yeah. The the only the only the only thing I would keep from the Cantobite sequence is the little boy at the end with the broom who raises it like a lightsaber because there's a new hope in the galaxy. Mm. That that symbolism I would keep. Does it have to be a kid on Cantobite? Don't even care. Heck, pull a kid out of a rancor pit for all I care. But. Well, uh, but that, even that then, part. I feel like that that was wasted because we never see yeah. that again. 
Yeah, I, no, I agree. I'm hoping I'm hoping they actually like segue that into something useful and meaningful. Yeah. Hopefully with Filoni and Favreau at the helm, but that's another story for another time. But um, right. those are those are the key pieces I would keep from the sequel, um, and 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 the the redemption of Luke, like his his contribution on crate. Keep that. Yeah. All right. That's it. Okay. Well. Um, it, I, it sounds like we have another I don't know seventeen episodes in us all about this topic, <laughs> but we yeah. should do at least one more. We should do one more where Scott tells me everything. That's wrong with a sequel trilogy, okay. and then we can talk about what we I don't would know. throw I don't away. Know. I think I, I, I think yeah, I, I, I like the uh, idea of Luke being making a mistake and and being like his father and having to come back from that. Like I love that idea. Um, I love the idea of the clone and 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 still being uh, a Palpatine and ultimately kind of a Skywalker. See, like yeah. we just fixed it. We fixed the whole. No, <laughs> fixed all, um, all we have to do is make the movies ourselves, and we're fine. Sweet. I feel like yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I feel like we've got a lot more to to talk about, but ultimately today, um. If we were to wrap this up, because uh, I actually I have to run, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. But uh, ultimately, I would say I am. We complain a lot about the trilogy, the the prequel. We complain a lot about the this the new trilogy, uh, the sequel trilogy. But ultimately, I'm grateful that we do have these these stories uh, in our lives. I'm grateful Same. that we have Solo. I'm grateful that we have Rogue One. People complain. Yes. Oh well, it's it's just trying to make money. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm going out and I'm buying a cake because I want to eat cake and this makes me happy and and so I am glad that we have these stories. Ultimately, we bit yes. we nitpick a lot, um, but I'm glad that we have the lightsaber uh, fun and lightsaber <laughs> porn from the first trilogy. I, I'm glad that we have a little bit of storytelling. I'm glad we have these things that Filoni can use. I'm glad that we have uh, the 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 after trilogy because some people really love that and they latch onto that and they, they find yeah. something to believe in for me. It's too real because our heroes will fall. Yeah. This is life heroes fall. And, and I don't need to see my hero Luke do that. But for some people that means something. And yeah. so I'm grateful that we have these, uh, that we can even, we've got a buffet of star Wars and we Absolutely. can, and we can pick and choose what we like the best. And we can rewatch those. We can buy those lightsabers. We can build those props. We can live those comic books. You know, we can play those games from those eras. You know, I, I'm with so you. I'm much. grateful for the star Wars universe. Um, it's, it's, uh, victories and it's foibles. Uh, it doesn't matter. I love star Wars. No, I, I agree. Yeah. It, it is a great universe. And I think that the best part of it is that, it showed any of us is characters, our heroes can be flawed. You know, our heroes can fail. They can succeed. Um, they don't always, they don't always do the right thing it, it, the first time around. I mean, we see that immediately with Han Solo where he runs down and then he runs back, you know, wrong way, wrong way. So I think that's why it speaks so much to us. And obviously I don't hate Star Wars because my entire <laughs> TV room is filled with Star Wars paraphernalia, but um it, it 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 is it, it it speaks to us. We may not like everything, but as a whole, we love it. We Truth. enjoy it, and it is uh, the great thing that it is. So, all right. Well, we can speak on this more, like we've said. But uh, with that said, we're out of here. And remember, internet, be epic, don't suck. That's all I've got. I'm sorry. Remember, the force will be with you.